And then I press this button and then uh, my mouse doesn't work. I press this button. Oh, what are you doing? That's not nearly loud enough. Hey everybody, welcome to Just Be Cousins. I am Jason Mark. <coughs> and with me in the virtual studio, like always, is my brother from another mother, but the same grandmother, Joseph Neal. <coughs> he's um he's 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 rallying himself to do the podcast today despite <coughs> yeah, this, despite a little bit of a a bug. Something's been going around, and uh, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he just got back from China on a quick little jaunt there. Taco Bell is opening up some... Taco Bell is opening up some, uh, what do you call those things? Uh, restaurants in... Uh, where did you say you went, Joe? The the who, 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 and who, and where'd you go? Hello? Hello? Hello. Wow, you're really quiet, dude. Am I? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, I can crank you. <laughs> Why would I be quiet? I don't that's... know. I'm a loud mouth. Yeah, okay, that's better. I cranked you. Okay. How you feeling? How's it going? Um, I, I do have health issues. You do? Like what? Yeah. What's wrong with your health? Well, and since tonight the topic is health, I figure I can kind of go through them with you a little bit. Yeah. Um, I actually thought I was coming down with a cold or, or something. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what it is. Hopefully it's nothing serious. You know, yeah. nothing uh, nothing pandemic or I'm anything. Gonna, I need to turn you down again because I realized why I couldn't hear you is because my... My headset volume was down, and your S's are so sexy right now. Hopefully this helps. I don't know. This could be a shit show. Um, a diarrhea show? Uh, symptoms of having a rhinovirus show? Wait, does the cold give you diarrhea? That's flu, right? You can't get diarrhea from the from just a common cold. Can you? No, sometimes I diarrhea if I have a sneezing fit. Wow. It just a little something-something little comes really? out. Like just from all the action. You know? Wow. Man, your your anus is sloppy. <laughs> oh, yeah, it really is. But actually, my anus has been tidy lately. Oh, good. Comparatively, good. That's that's not one of my health issues. Okay. When I was talking about, I have health issues. Maybe I was, maybe I was blaring into this mic. Maybe that was super loud. So no, it wasn't. And listen, motherfuckers, I got health issues. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll give you my I'll catalog my ailments and then you catalog yours, okay? Okay. All right, here we go. Okay, we'll start with you. What do you got? Okay. Um, in no particular order, my left shoulder is sore all the time, probably from carrying my uh, kid uh, when he was growing older, when he was a baby and up. I got that shoulder thing going, right? That's my right shoulder. My left hand is getting carpal tunnel from playing ukulele. I've been playing motherfucking video games my whole goddamn life. Nothing. Play ukulele for a month, carpal tunnel. Right shoulder, also sore, but I think that's just stress. Right elbow, I got tennis elbow. I don't play tennis, but I got tennis elbow from, yeah, strumming the fucking ukulele. So I got that going. Now my right calf, I strained it pretty bad about two weeks ago. And then despite that decided to go run a 15k which i did and as a result of that now the uh the tendon behind my knee you know that big one that sticks out that's sore as fuck um i uh i got i don't have a headache right now but i have one i will have one probably later um i have brain issues we know about those and um i probably should uh go to the dentist and get some cavities filled okay that's my health issues joe what are yours First, I'd like to say you, there's a lot of arm and shoulder and hand issues there that, that uh, well, one, you blamed on carrying your child, which, you know, that's yeah. plausible. And then a lot of these arm and hand issues, even like your left hand, that's ukulele, you got elbow issues, that's all strumming the ukulele. Yes. I understand that's code, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> I wish it was, but I've switched from stroking to just using a, a vibrating device. So I don't have to worry about repetitive stress syndrome on my hand anymore. I just apply the, the old buzz buzz and, you know, sink back into rapturous bliss. Oh. Yeah. Well, because no, I was thinking, well, he's got that sh right shoulder and right elbow issue, if I've got this right. No, it's it's left. Well, yeah, right shoulder and left shoulder. Yeah, and right elbow. Yeah. And right elbow. And so I'm like, okay, the right the right arm, the right elbow, or the right uh, shoulder is all messed up. That's from, quote unquote, strumming the ukulele. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but then you were like, oh, my left hand. Oh, it's it's from playing the ukulele or strumming the ukulele. And I was like. Well, he wouldn't strum the ukulele with his left hand, and then I was like, "No, he does the he does the stranger a lot." <laughs> I don't do this. Sit on your left hand. You don't do the stranger. I don't the ghost. do. I don't do the the ghost, the stranger. I don't pour beer on my hand trying to get my date wet. I'm doing that stuff. My date drunk. Get my date wet. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and it's because the I on pour the fret beer on your hand. <laughs> I didn't make that up. That's not a get this. That's get not this. a Jason Mark original. Um, it's I press too hard on the the strings with my left hand on the frets. You're a guitar player. I, I gotta believe you suffered something like that at least when you first started playing, right? Oh yeah. yeah, I, yeah. When I first started playing guitar, it was a it was super painful because yeah. I would I really played a lot when I first started. Yeah, because you're excited. And, and, and about then it. again, like in my like late teens and early twenties, I would play I, shit. I would I would do stimulants. I would I would uh, yeah. Yeah, I would do street drugs, and then eventually I would realize that my fingers were bleeding all over the place after eight hours of playing terrible fucking music with other people that were on drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I, I really I probably went too far with that and, and really shredded my fingers there for a while. But then they got good calluses, and yeah. if I don't play for a while, then my fingers will hurt <clears throat> both the muscles in, in my hands and fingers and right. the, you know, the calluses aren't as strong anymore, so I I know how that feels. All right, well, a lot I of kids hear about... that are trying to pick up the guitar for the first time—that's very discouraging—and they're like, "Fuck this!" And, yeah, I know. was watching a video. This gal was like, "Here's my first year of playing the ukulele." Her sister plays. Her sister is teaching her, so she had a video of her playing on day one. A couple months later, blah blah blah. By the end of a year, she was actually pretty good. But on that first day, she's like, "Oh, this hurts. I don't like it." Blah blah blah. So anyway, who cares about her? She dyes her hair, Joe. What about you? Do you dye your hair? I mean, what are your health problems? I want to know what's wrong with Joe. I will tell you what's wrong with me. All right. Uh, but but first, hey, do you have any muscle aches in your left hand from playing the ukulele? I would guess no, because ukulele is small, so you don't have the finger stretching and like holding down. Like if you're learning how to do a bar chord on a guitar. Like a fancy bar chord, like yeah. you can really cramp your hand up. But ukulele, I figure, is a little bit. It's a little bit kinder to your, to yeah. your hand muscles. Am I yeah. right? Yeah, it's carpal tunnel on the left hand, which means there's like a numbness in the palm. It's not really an ache so much as just the palm starts to get numb. And oh yeah, carpal tingle. tunnel. So yeah. that is from just moving that. You're moving that hand and holding shit down, and it, yeah, and it's fucking your hand up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and and. <clears throat> The cure is, I really can't call these amulets because the cure is just relax, take it easy for a while. Because I was playing two, three hours a day, and it's not like I was actually getting better. I was just farting around playing the same three fucking chords over and over again. Um, so if I can take a break every so often, it's probably fine. And if I don't run, the calf and the, uh, the knee will get better. Uh, but this left shoulder, it's perma-fucked. No, it, it's never going to get better. I've got, I haven't played racquetball in a long time, but I still have a fucked up shoulder yeah. from playing racquetball. I, I don't think I played it correctly. And I played some tennis too, also incorrectly. Yeah. And, and I think I ruined my shoulder for good. It gets better the longer I don't play racquetball yeah. or tennis. Uh, but if I, if I even think about a tennis racket, suddenly my shoulder hurts. Yeah. So something's wrong there. And it fucked up my elbow a little bit too. Okay, and that's that's also probably from a whole lot of strumming the ukulele over the years. <laughs> See, I gotta believe that that's not true. I mean, I, I mean, I, I appreciate what you're saying in terms of like it's. I, I just feel like 
we would have as a species evolved out of pain from masturbating because there's no way we didn't do it since we grew arms. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think as you get older, you uh No, I think by the time you're 6 months in, you really have developed a good technique. Yeah. You know what I mean? You you can minimize motion. You've really you really got it down. Right. To the point where the first time you get a hand job that's exciting, but the skill level seems insufficient. Yeah, you're you're almost like you want to take the hand and and help along and say, okay, you know, I need pressure here and then no pressure here and then pressure here. Mm -hmm. I need this speed up, this speed down. I think that's why you don't get uh, repetitive stress on your hand when you're doing it because you're just all over the place. You're like, you're you're going over the top, you're polishing the the helmet, you're (laughs) down here, you're scratching the balls, you're twisting, you're turning, you're gripping, you're letting, you know what I'm saying? It's like you're everywhere, right? You just reminded me of one of the funniest things I've ever seen, which is, you know, you've seen Tim Edian dance, right? I don't think I have. Well, I mean, I, mean was, I probably have, but I don't remember. Maybe you noticed him dancing um, at I, my wedding. He really like stole the show. I mean, the, he's such a great dancer. Okay, really complex, athletic shit. Um, he used to go to a bunch of raves, and he wasn't just some asshole with a binky in his mouth and a bunch of <laughs> you know glowies spinning around. He did really impressive stuff. So he's a great dancer. And one day he was dancing, and and I was I was kind of like. I was throwing in like challenges for him, you know. I was I was like, okay, now like do the worm or something, you know. And then and then suddenly I was he's doing this great complex dance and he's got this great serious look on his face and I was like, okay, now now pretend like you jack it off. And <laughs> the move that he incorporated into his dance <laughs> fucking cracked me up. What you said reminded me of it. His jack off move was not like your normal like, you know, palm up jack off move yeah he did this like palm down like karate chop <laughs> type of move <laughs> and his face went from serious to like super serious like like determined <laughs> as he was in when you said polishing the helmet that's kind of that's what i thought was that's happening there. Off. yeah and i had to ask him when he was done dancing i was like i asked you to jack off while you were dancing there and you did this move, this you know, palm down karate chop out move. Is that how you really do it? And he was like, "Well, kind of depends on my mood." Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah Henry Rollins um, tells a story about how he um, he has to do everything different. He he admits that he has to do everything. So instead of going, um, instead of going uh, pinky towards his body, thumb out, he does it the other way around. So the thumb, so his palm is down. The thumb is close to the body. Can you imagine? Can you? I'm doing it right now. Can you? Oh see yeah, that? I yeah. I can more than imagine it. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, um, but back to health, and it is health. Kids, if you're listening to this, it's healthy. I'm not joking. It's healthy to to jerk off. Fucking a. Yeah. Yeah. It's Please, all, everybody it's, do it. Everybody should do it. I don't uh, care what the Catholics say. Just everyone should do it, do it and everyone should it. do it oft, often. There has yeah, been people should do it before somebody's fucking feelings get hurt. Like, do it now. You're probably thinking about doing something that's going to be emotionally complicated. I'm talking, you know, yeah. come on. Just jack off and then think straight and then make a decision. Yeah. I, that should be, they should do that. Like, every, wh- what are some places where you have to make a decision? Like, uh, buying a house. No, I guess, no, that's not a good example. I'm trying to think of a place where it's like, okay, do you, okay. Well, I honestly think that if you if you clean your pipes before you decide which house to buy, you're going to make a better decision. Probably. I think it applies to any decision, but definitely decisions when it comes to, I don't know, at this point, texting or, you know. Yes. Well, I think that um, – in hospitals. I thought I could come up with more examples, but I couldn't. <laughs> well, here's I know here. when I was younger, I would, you know, you know, I would be involved with with people that I shouldn't be involved with. We, you know, decisions were made to have sexual congress, and people's feelings got hurt. Mine, other people's, like we should have. Everybody should have just jacked off alone, and then thought better. Yes, I agree. I think that that at the hospital, if you've got a loved one on life support. The doctor comes up and said, uh, "Mr. Christ, your um, your your grandmother is going to be a vegetable for the rest of her life. Should we pull the plug?" 
before you answer that question, Mr. Christ, I'd like you to go in this room over here. There are some adult videos and some lube and a lot of tissues. Just uh, just take care of yourself real quick before you make this decision. Yeah, that would be a responsible I think that health would, professional yeah. would, would tell you to take before before you make this decision. But see, if you're really responsible yourself, you would just get good at ejaculating just before any decision. Right. So, like, if if that happened to me and the doctor was like, "Should we pull the plug?" I would be like, "No." Yeah. Or. Yike! Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know about and you, the but the decision making process yeah. would just be improved. And I'm yeah. trying to tie this masturbation discussion into health because it's healthy to know one's body in this way. It's healthy. To I mean I'm trying Eja to ejaculate is good for the skin and hair. That's uh, absolutely not true. But if you want it to be, you can pretend that it is. Nobody's going to tell you, except for me, that that's wrong. It's not bad I for the skin. I, and hair. I think I heard that once. I, well, I don't. I don't think I, I. I mean, who gives a fuck if it's true or not? I'm sure it's. It's not like, you know, it's not like splashing your face with battery acid. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. No, I don't I, think that I don't, it's. I don't think that it's bad for your your skin and your hair i just don't think that anybody in the world can point at their hair or their skin and go you see this man spritz yeah that no one's saying <clears throat> that i mean if if nothing else there's just not enough i don't care who you are unless you're mr porno guy who's been drinking water for four days and edging for three you're not going to come up with enough volume to do your hair any good i mean if you're a bald guy maybe but don't jizz on your forehead. That's rule number one. That's what I always say. Yeah. Don't jizz on your forehead. So let's talk Though about... every once in a while, I've jizzed on my own forehead. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to, right? Mm -hmm. um, Didn't but... mean to. It was a surprise. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, yeah. And, and you're like, you feel, feel kind of like... See, that's the thing about why, what people need to understand is like, if you're... If you are feeling not healthy for some reason, if like you are feeling like, I don't know sad or run down or tired or anything anything if you have a cold if you've got covid19 if you got cancer if you whip out a a, a hard now this is for the guys i can't speak to ladies but if you whip out your your little friend there and you go for it and then you have enough jacket hit yourself in the in your forehead you're gonna feel good no matter what that is gonna impress you like a motherfucker that am i wrong Oh no, you're totally right. Yeah, no fact, guy hits if, himself. If you're, if you're laying down and you can hit your forehead, if if that's the type of moment you just had, those types of moments feel really good. They do. It's uh, that means maybe you're a little bit backed up and it really needed to happen, which is why it flew so far through the air. Or it's just you, you timed it right with the muscles and everything. I'm just saying, you know, they say laughter is the best medicine, and that's probably true. But I think masturbation is maybe the best analgesic. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board. Yeah. Okay. So let's no, talk about but, health. But I just, I had or to agree not. just because I forgot what analgesic meant. Doesn't it mean <laughs> pain killing? Ah, yes. Very good. I think so that's what I and think. And so now I, e I agree even more. Yes. All right. All right. Good. So we've got that part of health covered. Now I do want to talk a little bit about, you know, the latest health scare. If, if you're oh yeah we we've, we've got to we've got to yeah. broach that subject. I also though hey I, d I didn't give you my full list of ailments. Yeah I, yeah I want all of them. So I've got this thing going on. I've been googling it, and you know my wife used to be a nurse. Now right. she's she runs a slaughterhouse, but right. she used to be a nurse as you know. And so I'm asking her what's wrong, and she's got her own theories. But I've got this thing where well it's a twitch in my left eyelid. Okay. It started as just a kind of a harmless twitch. And, you know, when you get stressed out or whatever, I've had a twitching eye before. I've, there are some people that make my eye twitch. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Just yes. from being in their presence, suddenly my eye will start to twitch. But, like, it just it kept going. And it's been going for well over a month now. And okay. it started to change. Like, it, it, my eye would almost start to close and, like, lock up. And then my... My eyebrow is now getting into it and like dancing up and down, really, and and, and clenching up, and, and and so maybe this is something serious. I'm, uh, I find it amusing, <laughs> but uh, 
maybe there's a fucking neurological problem. But now, now let me tell you, in the last week, my so both of my eyes are now dancing and then clenching up, and and my fucking eyebrows are clenching up, and and suddenly I feel like suddenly like half of my face just like turns into Popeye. You know how Popeye looks? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know where, and I'm hoping that's not going on like right in the middle of a conversation because that's got to be distracting when somebody <laughs> goes like Popeye face. Yeah. So my wife's theory on that is that I just got my eyes, an eye exam in like November, and I got glasses and contacts. Well, I I got I got new contacts, but not new glasses. And she thinks that it's eye strain from having two different prescriptions. I switch back and forth. So that that is the RNs. Okay. She thinks maybe it's a combo of that and some stress. You know, we're about to have a kid. We're yeah. switching the house all up. You know, my my job is is quite stressful over at Taco Bell. Yeah, I I can imagine, especially lately with, with everyone getting sick and dying. Um, I'm yeah, no, that's I'm, a problem too. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm no doctor, obviously, or anything that would be relevant to diagnosing your issue so therefore i'm going to of course give you my opinion which is it sounds to me like a vitamin deficiency of some kind and Joe, ah, hi thank huh? you jason i think that i have some sort of mineral problem yeah mineral deficiency and i need to take supplements i'm i'm with you man because you you go keto all the way right you're keto you're constant keto yeah i'm ketoing all the time I go, I've been doing longer and longer fasts and I'm not getting, I don't think I'm getting everything that my body needs. Yeah. And, and it might be that it wouldn't all by itself manifest, but like you said, the stress, and I would imagine that the change in eyewear is, is adding to, uh, some things. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I spend, you know, I spend some time screen time and maybe too much. And so, well, you know what you should do, honestly? You should masturbate. Okay, so um, moving on to Well, I also next- <laughs> think I've got now, so I think I have some sort of injury. I do a lot of elliptical, and I do a lot yeah. of hiking with my dog and stuff. Yeah. And now I'm getting, I Googled this too, and I think I've got, what is it called? Like farmer's fascism or something. It's, <laughs> it's, Here's what I found on the web. Oh my god, my 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 phone's talking to me. <laughs> Did it look up it farmer's thought, fascism? I thought that I asked it a question. <laughs> um, anyway, funny. I've got this. The arch of my foot hurts really bad, and then if I walk incorrectly, which seems to be uh, how I'm walking all the time, <laughs> the back fascism. of my heel starts to kind of like burn, like a tendon is almost ready to snap. So does this hurt more when you wake Plantar's up? Plantar's fasciitis. Yes, Thank you, plantar Google fasciitis, phone. yeah. Mm-hmm. My understanding is plantar fasciitis, plantar fasciitis manifests, the pain can be at the worst right when you wake up and then you walk around yep. for a little bit and it gets a little bit better. But yeah, That's everything you're case. describing. So you probably got it. Um, and yeah, the only um, therapy for that is Masturbation, yeah. Masturbation is yep. a cure. I can you, tell you, my farmer's fascism goes away every time I ejaculate. Yeah. Well, I, I, the Tem- symptoms are completely masked. Yeah, temporarily anyway, right? Because mm. then it comes back. You know, it's interesting, mental health. I don't know if, if like we should do a whole mental health episode because we're talking mostly about body health here and dick health. Um, but like, I'm really concerned about mental health both as a social issue and how each individual handles it on their own um i picked up this book the other day that i didn't read because it looked too long and i just don't have i'm just i'm old i'm not patience for long books but there's one thing the guy said there that really resonated with me he said and i'm i'm misquoting here but essentially he said there's a difference between reward and contentedness and those aren't even the same parts of usage in speech but I'm trying to draw the parallel, but he, he basically said, like, you do something for a reward, whatever that is, like, you know, you eat, you eat a meal and that tastes good, or you, or I don't know, you um, punch uh, uh, an evil nun in the face, not a, not a good nun, an evil one. Okay. Yeah, that's Let's a bad clear. habit. <laughs> yes. Uh. <laughs> um, you, you will feel good for having done that. And that lasts, he said, anywhere from, you know, a few minutes to an hour or so. 
but it fades away. Whereas being content, that's a that's a quasi-permanent state. It can last days, weeks, years even if you've got a handle on things. So if your yeah. rewards are taking the place of being content, you'll never be actually happy. And I thought about that. And then I thought, well, when we, you know, doing a little bit of palm therapy, you know what I'm saying? A little bit mm-hmm. of ukulele strumming therapy, mm-hmm. you know, that reward, uh, you know, he, he's right, but... I don't know how I'm negatively impacted. Like, does that keep me from being content? Because it's, yeah, no, I don't think so. Well, and no, I, I don't know. I mean, I have some thoughts about it. I, I do think that people confuse like a constant, repeated state of reward with um, with happiness. Yeah, and yeah, and and we were talking about it on the show. I think a few shows back, where yeah. you know the set point. If if your set point is super low then you know these rewards just become you know you you start seeking pleasure just for temporary relief of yeah. your of your baseline you know yeah we did talk about that so, i i suffer from a natural dopamine deficiency and and therefore i'm always finding looking for ways to spike it up medication is supposed to help me regulate but i have become so uh good at getting those dopamine spikes that it's hard to leave them behind. But I did discover something about myself today, Joe, and I know this is supposed to be the health issue, so I'm going to try to say this is part of my spiritual health. Well, yeah, mental is, health. Uh, I was hoping yeah. we would talk a little bit about yeah. mental, spiritual health, so hit it. I Yeah, this is what I discovered. I am happiest or most content, and I'm not, like, thrilled and, like, you know, peeing my pants with, with joy, but I'm content whenever I'm wandering around aimlessly. I like wandering around. I like wandering around in bookstores. I like wandering around on hiking trails. All of the things that I take joy in the doing of, not the not the end result. The things that I enjoy just doing seem to be just moving around. Like I like to go running, especially on streets I've never run on before. I like to go for long ass walks that have beer every hour or so, you know? I like to wander around bookstores. And that's what I figured out about myself. So I need to embrace that. I need to quit getting hung up on, you know, goals like, well, I've got to, I've got to get all of the, I got to get the the highest armor available in Destiny Two. It's like, nah, just go shoot some aliens in the face, and if you get the armor, great. If not, who cares? But I am obsessed with those rewards, so I need to find a way to curtail those and go back to true me, Joe, true me, which is the Wanderer. And that's also the name of a novel I wrote, what I sent to you, to completely different, completely different Wanderer thing. Don't. I haven't read that one yet. Yeah. I, hey, I want to say, by the way, I have been reading your books though, and they're really good. Oh, in fact, you. I was gonna read a passage. I think I think I'll do it on a show here pretty soon. I want to pick the right one, but I want to read some of your stuff on the show because it's oh, okay. really funny and just well well written, and well, I'd you. like to read it if you don't mind. No. Yeah. That, yeah. Appreciate that. Well, I'm a little surprised though at at this what you've brought up here because. I feel like the way you approach this show is exactly what you're aiming for, like in the rest of your life. Like I, I feel like you're really good at you do this show for doing the show. Yeah. Like a, this is almost just your mind. You get to you know come into this show and and your mind wanders around and you're not really you know you're not super fixated on like what the outcome is going to be you're just you're doing it for fun it's very pure kind of process for you for me and it sounds like you're kind of you're trying to kind of take that approach in other things and just embrace the doing of things the process as opposed to the outcome yeah like i did that 15k run um last sunday and it was mostly a walk, let's be honest. But it was a gorgeous route, and it was really great. And I was stressing myself out leading up to it because I had this injury. I stressed myself out, like, am I going to go ahead and do it? Is it going to be painful? How will I survive the darn thing? And mm. in retrospect, I should not have done the darn thing. I shouldn't have done it. I, I exasperated. Exasperated? I don't know where my injuries. You really did fuck yourself up? Not, not horribly, but I prolonged. Uh, recovery by having done this and I'll be fine uh, in the long run, but um, no pun intended, but nice. But the part of the run that was enjoyable was not the finish. It was, you know, being at the top of this hill and seeing the view and coming down and following a really, really nice pair of buns. I'm talking tight and just there. 
about uh, 25 feet in front of me. And then they kept going because they were faster than me. But, you know, these things are just pleasurable to... Do you remember, I think it was last week, we talked about, you know, being a creepy stalker guy and you walk by a window. Was that on air or off air? I think that was off air. Was it on air? You walk by a window. I can't remember. But you're talking about being a creepy stalker. Yeah. Yeah. You walk by a, a window and you see somebody who's working in there and you just really like them. Not the, not the person, but you you like the way they look. You get pleasure from looking at them, and then you move on. You don't you don't like go try to find out who they are or get to know them or anything. You just this this yeah, and you don't keep coming back and just right. standing across the street like with a shit eating grin on your face because right. that would be a problem. That, that would be a problem. But every day you get up and you look forward to this, and then if you find out you know that person has moved on or it has a different shift or whatever, you're like oh, you're a little bit wistful, but it's not the end of the world. And um, uh, that's what that's what following this pair of buns was like when I was running. It's like there they go, hooray! All right, now what? I just want can to I, can I can I ask you a question about running though? Yeah, is it because, a health question? Yeah, it is a health question cool. because I feel like um, I was I was talking to this guy that I see in the gym a lot, and I just do my elliptical thing and and. I've known this for years. If I if I regularly do cardio, cardio becomes a lot easier. And then it becomes, if I'm listening to the right music, it becomes a flat out like a, a rush. And yeah. that would be the that would be the runner's high, right? Yeah. yeah. And you were talking about you know process versus outcome, and and I actually I started doing elliptical all the time because I wanted to start enjoying the process. Yeah. But you know, in a way, that's I'm seeking a reward there too. But but it's it's not just I I get into a better routine with cardio if I enjoy the cardio. So then I can enjoy the process of cardio instead of the outcome, which might be you know losing yeah. weight or um, yeah you know better mood regulation. There's all sorts of good outcomes that you right. can get. But I like to get to the point where I'm enjoying the elliptical. Or, or the run or whatever it is. The cardio itself. I'll enjoy it. Yeah. But I need certain music to get the – to cross this threshold where I'm like euphoric. Yeah. And I get all emotional and it just – it feels really, really good. I'll get into music in ways that I I, I wouldn't be able to otherwise unless maybe if I were performing it live. Like I've had moments performing music live that are euphoric yeah. and – and I've had moments, you know, super high on drugs, and that's just completely, you know, it's an it's artificially induced euphoria, right. you know, in response to the music and the drugs in combination. I think, but like, yeah, go ahead. But I, I wanted to see because you said, hey, the best part of that run is okay. I'm getting up over this hill, or like, okay, maybe there's some buns in front of you. You do you ever still? Because I still experience the. Where you're fucking with yourself because you're not enjoying it. You're not euphoric yet. You don't have the runner's high, and it's just uncomfortable for your body, and you're oh, just yeah. trying to keep going. You're just trying to keep going. Oh, yeah. That's been the last two years running for me every single time. But in the beginning, it was like that, too, and I expect to get over it. But, yeah, so running is a, th is a thing that will give you pleasures – Whatever those things might be for you, it could be the reward of, of being fit. It could be you you get a new uh, personal record on a course. It could be runner's high. It could be you just feel it feels good when you feel sweaty. You feel like you've you know you hey for half an hour I didn't sit in front of the computer. Any of those things, any of those things, running yeah, it can improves get improves your self confidence. Maybe you just feel more productive. Yeah. yeah, running running can get you those things, but it not, doesn't give them to you automatically. And you really got to put in, I'm not going to say effort. I'm going to say purposefulness. Hmm. But the, the, the irony well, is. Well, you have to do it routinely too to yeah, get those. And that's the things. purpose. And, and that's what we get it. The irony is, is that I'm not suggesting that you should run with a purpose. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you should run on purpose, right? It shouldn't be a matter of like, I got to go for a run. Oh, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. And you're done. You shouldn't have gone for a run. You got to do, you're like, I am doing this. This is what I am doing right now. I guess mindfulness maybe is a better word for it, but running or I think any kind of like uh, aerobic exercise is going to give you rewards, give you pleasures and contentedness, um, make you feel good and, and contribute to your, your overall well-being and health. If you do it 
like I said, you you do it purposely, not as an end, not as a uh, means to an end. Although you can do it as a means to an end. I'm just saying that if you only do it as a means to an end, it's not going to give you what you want. There's this thing they say in running. Uh, <clears throat> maybe you've heard this is like you don't get it doesn't get easier. You just get faster. Interesting. Yeah. So like well, you run. Uh, well, I mean, the first mile go, go sucks ahead. for everybody. The first mile sucks for everybody. I don't care if you've never run before or you're Usain Bolt. Actually, I don't think he's ever run further than a quarter mile. Not not an insult. I think he actually said that. Um, maybe never further than half a mile. But uh, uh, whoever you are, that first mile, it, it sucks. Now, if you are somebody who is familiar with the suck, you've run 10,000 miles in the last five years, you're familiar with the suck and you can deal with it. It still sucks, but it's like you know you can beat it, right? You know it's going to go away. Whereas if you're just starting, maybe it won't. Right. I think you just touched on a, an important idea that improves well-being, which is I think a lot of people when they're sad or when they're angry, you know, they're in some low, difficult emotional state. Those emotional states come with this notion that it's not going to go away. Yeah. It's almost like an unconscious notion that like this is now this is how things are. This is it now. Yeah. And like, and just like when you're running the first mile, if you know clearly that this is just a temporary state and that it will pass if you keep keep moving, then it it lessens the suffering. Yeah. Overall. And with that experience, yeah. I think you also get the benefit of you. You mentioned self confidence and stuff. If you you run that first mile. You're gonna say, "I'm gonna go for a five mile run." And the first mile sucks because it always does. You know, you're just now starting mm-hmm. out, and you can trick yourself into saying, "You know, this feels good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm into it." But it really sucks. And if you're on mile three and it still sucks, then if you're an experienced runner, you can say to yourself, "Okay, this shouldn't suck right now. So what's going on? Am I tired? Did I have too much?" You know, you start problem solving, um, and are better. And, and then again. It, it's that purposefulness, it's that mindfulness that's going on in those moments because you're taking what you're experiencing and using it as an information feedback system to figure out just where your body is at. And if we could do that with other healthful things, whether it's eating food or uh, sleeping enough or drinking water, I don't know, that would be good, but that's different because those aren't long, those are things you do for hours at a time. So I don't know. Right. Well, I think with... With running, though, um, maybe this is a tip. Not that I'm a great runner or anything. I could probably, I could probably enjoy running three miles and get myself a runner's high at this point, which is cool. But I, I found I can't continue to do cardio work of any kind unless, like, if I haven't done it for a while. I think the key is to really start slow. Oh sure, if, yeah. Because a lot of people are like, okay, well, I'm going to get into this working out shit, and here we go, and they kick their own ass, and they yeah. they just suffer and suffer and suffer, and then guess what that does? You're done, and you're like, fuck, I never want to do that again, yeah. and you're in pain, and you, yeah, it doesn't, you got you to gotta kind of ease into it, yeah. or, or you won't feel the motivation to do it again, right? right? So, it, a little okay. health tip. It's okay to break to push past your own limits, but you you got to do it purposefully, purposefully, and you got to be aware of what's going on, and you got to have, you know, some modesty or maybe not modesty, humility. You got to say to yourself, okay, normally I run nine and a half minute miles. This time I'm going to run nine fifteens, and then when you, you know, you're hitting, let's say you're going to go for a three mile run, and you're doing nine fifteens. And you're like, this feels, I look what I did, right? You're feeling euphoric because you accomplished something, right? I'm going to run another mile at nine. No, dude, stop, chillax, do that next time, you know, push yourself, but push yourself just, and and that's true. I keep trying to bring this back to to health and and, and stuff. And I think these are, and, and let's be clear, Joe, let's be real clear. And we should do some other things here. I think you got me some stuff to play Mm -hmm. here. Let's be clear. I don't do any of this shit. I, I I talk a good game, but when I'm actually in the thick of it, I forget all that crap, and I just hate life, right? 
even mean, when you're running. But but you were you were saying that when you're running, you you do have you enjoy that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah You yeah. can say that about running at least. Well, I, what I'm trying to get at is, and it might in my joking, self-deprecating fashion, is that I am yeah. giving people lectures on how to think about running and how to be, you know mindful and all this crap but i'm full of shit because i don't do any of that stuff i mean i try and i think about it you you struggle with it though, i struggle you with feel it, like but it's okay. the true for me. i guess i guess what i want to say to somebody is like you know if you went for a run and you got you got done you're like none of that shit work what the fuck's wrong with this guy well try again do personalize it i don't know do what you got to do well you would be proud of me i think that i inspired this guy that i see at the gym um in some way because what happens to me is once I hit that euphoria thing, and that's usually around a half hour on my elliptical, right yeah. around a half hour, I'll hit some Deftones or like some, I've been listening to Florence and the Machine. Okay. Strangeness strangeness and Charm is this song that every single time I hear it, when, when I get the runner's high, I just, this is the thing, I make a fool out of myself. I start playing air drums. Yeah. And I, and I take my hands off of the elliptical, the, you know, the handles. And I start playing drums, and I get real emotional. Sometimes I get choked up, and I shed tears, and I probably start singing out loud. I don't give a fuck who sees me. Yeah, I'm a little embarrassed afterwards, but this guy that I see at the gym noticed me doing that, and we talk about it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm really kind of... I look forward to the runner's high around a half hour. Yeah. Now, take, it does take me 20 minutes to a half hour, so maybe that's different than other people, but he just couldn't get that out of his mind and i talked to him i think it was yesterday or the day before and he was like well i just started getting on the stationary bike machine or whatever the hell it's called and he's like and i got the cardio high for the first time wow and uh and i think that's just because i i wanted to experience the joy that i saw you have on the elliptical machine and i was like all right there you go i'm i'm out there helping people damn it good on you joe that's what I like to yeah. hear. And I'm also I'm also the manager of a Taco Bell, which is a huge, I think, health problem well, absolutely, in my yeah. community. Yeah, I, it doesn't help uh, we, the way we, that my elliptical running does. We have not spoken um, about COVID nineteen yet, and I really do want to ask you how things are going at the Taco Bell. People sneezing on tacos and stuff. But before we do that. I believe there's some other things we should do so we don't forget them because we're at minute 42 already, if you can believe that shit. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Did you have any, like, bells and whistles or anything today? No. Uh, no. 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 Well, I had an ad. Okay. And so give me the intro and I'll try and explain. Well, so you may have heard of, of Headspace, right, Jason? No. Well, it's like it's an app, and it does like guided meditations and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they've decided to be a sponsor for JBC, which is cool. And they allowed me – I've actually voiced some of these oh, look um, at you. guided meditations. Okay. So kind of th – this is, this is kind of an ad, but really it's just kind of a sample – Okay. I'm going to play – I would like for you to play uh, one of the guided meditations that, that I've done for Headspace. Okay. And, and go ahead and, and Can it. I go ahead and follow along and like do this? Okay, I'm going to – Yeah, yeah. Really get comfortable <laughs> okay. and uh, – You too, listener. This. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it with you. Hit pause <clears> and go go to the bathroom, drink some water, get your breathing right, and then uh, and then here we go. Okay. Peace is within you. To realize this, listen only to my voice and feel only the sensation of your breath. Cool as you breathe in and warm as you breathe out. Imagine that the creative energy of the universe is a bright light that radiates out from your heart into your entire body. Your breathing feeds this light within you and expels from within you the darkness. Breathe in the light. Breathe out 
the darkness. Breathe in positivity, connectedness, and confidence. Breathe out negativity, isolation, and judgment. Now, chew on this nutsack. Grab that scrotum with your teeth like a little puppy dog and shake it around a little bit. Inhale deeply through your nose into your diaphragm and try to fit both of my balls in your mouth at once. Exhale slowly but steadily and with a loud popping noise spit out my bulls real sloppy like into a full swing so that they slap my butthole. Blow me. Imagine that the creative energy of my nutsack is a bright light that travels from my body into your face and down into your midsection. You are now filled with the light of the energy of love of my nutsack. Peace is within you. And so is my splizzage. Yeah, that was, um, <clears throat> I'm so relaxed and, and sticky. Right? <laughs> oh, I get it. Head space. <laughs> I didn't get it before. That's pretty good. All right, yeah. You you could this could be a career for you. Um you could, Well, it took me a few takes actually. Yeah. And uh maybe at maybe at the end after the right stop you can hit a there's there's, there's some outtakes. I okay. I struggled with it a little bit maybe. Okay. For our yeah, listener, sure. don't don't uh, after the Royce hop is over, keep listening. Keep listening. Yeah, we're all about the Easter eggs, yo. So, um, yeah, if we ever made a movie, that's never gonna happen. But if we did, then, uh, you know, you stay till the credits are done because there's gonna be one of those funny extra scenes on the at the end. Yeah, yeah, we've we've done that many times. That's pretty much the only time we ever shine. So let's talk about COVID nineteen now, Joe. You notice that I'm not saying coronavirus. I'm saying COVID-19. Do you know why? No, I don't. I think that you'll be able to educate me on this, um, about the entire thing that's happening. Yeah. I'm, I'm really uninformed, and I'd like to get my information from you, so okay, hit it. Okay, good, because I got my information from Twitter, which is accurate, because there's doctors on Twitter. So COVID-19 is a coronavirus. It's not the coronavirus, but it's a coronavirus. Coronavirus... And there's a couple other viruses that are in that same sort of pseudo family. You've heard of SARS and MERS, right? So Corona yep. is just one of those. So this particular one, COVID-19 is what it's called, is the one that's sweeping across the world, killing millions. Okay, not millions, killing tens of thousands. Okay, not tens of thousands, thousands, about a thousand people. It could kill more, but um, mm -hmm. um, it's, it is a virus, which means once you you get it, you can't unget it. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get sick, though. But I don't know. Right. If you knew, I don't know if you knew this, Joe. But every virus that you've ever caught is still in your body. I was aware of that. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that has nothing to do with anything. I just thought it was cool. So COVID nineteen is spreading around. It uh, allegedly uh, was first detected in uh, the Wuhan province in China. Now we've talked about this on the show. I think about how all flu viruses and i'm not saying covid-19 is a flu virus i don't know what it is but um flu all flu viruses come from china right this is where they all start and people say oh that's racist but no it's it's not racist because it's it's a country not a people it has nothing to do with their uh, ethnicity or or genetics it has to do with a culture of farming where you have 
Lots and lots of it's pigs. It's not because they eat bat poop soup. No, no, which they don't. It's because they farm. I didn't think so. But somebody yeah. was trying to tell me it was bat poop soup, and I was like, what? I don't think so. Well, see, that's what I want to get at in our last 10 minutes, is I could talk of the facts, but I really want to talk about the, the butt-ass fuck job stupidity that goes on with these things. Starting at the very, very freaking top, I won't say his name, but you guys know who I'm talking about. He's in charge of everything, and he is saying, oh, this will blow over. When April comes, the heat will kill it. It's just, the guy is, he's hes yeah. hes literally killing people because he's so stupid and arrogant. He's so terrified that the economy is going to dip as a result of this that he just lies his ass off. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's no problem for him. He's not concerned about what the real situation is. He'll just say whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. But as a result of that, like, there is, I, I, I heard a story about a woman who, a nurse, who was quarantined because she uh, treated somebody, she was um, treating someone who it was discovered had COVID-19. Uh, and then she started to feel sick, so they quarantined her. She needed a test taken to find out if she did have it or if she was just sick with something else. And they would not give her the test. They said that they prioritized testing by level of severity. And they asked her, if you were wearing the appropriate safety equipment while you were working, then you shouldn't have got it. And she's like, well, then why the fuck am I quarantined? Right? And the reason why this is happening, all that stupidity, is because... The people who are supposed to have prepared us for this like a year ago or three years ago have been not doing anything. They've been golfing. So, um, and, and that leads to ignorance like, <clears throat> you know how they say there's no stupid questions, Joe? Yeah, there are. There's some stupid questions. Somebody asked, can you get COVID-19 from eating food at a Chinese restaurant? And the answer is, right. and the answer is of course, yes. If the person you're eating with has COVID-19 and they sneeze in your face, you might get it. Otherwise, no. Stupid. Or how about this one? Can you get it from having sex? And the answer is again, yes. If while you're banging, somebody sneezes in your face and they had it, you might get it. So play it safe, doggy style all the way. What if somebody's penis sneezes in your face? Then... Well, I don't know. I mean, if it's your own penis, you're probably proud of yourself. What if somebody sneezes bat poop soup in your face? Yeah, that that is to to get to a situation where that could happen involves so many other things. COVID nineteen is the least of your concerns. You don't just walk into the bat poop soup store and say, "Splash me, um, Garcon," and then walk on. No, there's lots of different meet the right people and get the right situation going, and it has to be the right time of day and right time of kind of inebriation but let's be clear this is this is serious and we should take it seriously we should be washing our hands we should have been doing that anyway we should be washing our hands we should try really hard not to touch our face with our hands when we're in public um mm -hmm. when we do sneeze and or cough we should do it into our elbow not into our hands not under the dracula ground. style do a dracula style right mm -hmm. and if we can um if we can afford to not go to work when we're feeling sick that's what we should do now a lot of people can't do that joe a lot of people you, you call up and say hey i got the covid and they're like well don't come in and you're fired right so some people have to work and i appreciate that again we live in a, a society that has been structured so that that's going to happen it didn't have to be that way but some people wanted to stay richer than others and so that's the way things are so if you are sick and your boss says that you will be fired if you don't come in all you got to do, or what you should try to do, is sneeze on your boss first. If, if, if you're going to be that's sick. That's a good or, health tip. Yeah. If your boss insists you go to work when you're sick, sneeze on your fucking boss. And, you know, and then try not to sneeze on anybody else. You know, wash your hands a lot. Um, you know, if you work in food service, you know, wear, wear gloves, change them often, blah, 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 blah. So it's something we should take seriously, but it's not... A pandemic yet it's not killing people like the flu does every year it's not killing people like um it, it like it, it doesn't rip through bodies like ebola does you know the right. people who are at risk are the ones who are normally at risk 
for these kinds of things, people who are susceptible to complications from respiratory illnesses, like the young and the already sick and the elderly, right? Those are the ones that are, mm-hmm. are dropping off. Um, and so we should be mindful of all these things, but if we stay on top of it, and if we elect someone besides that fucker, we should be okay. We should be okay. Yeah, and you kind of, to me, you're echoing the sentiment that I heard from uh, who fr- from who I believe is a, is a good public servant, uh, John Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> and, and really, my... I haven't been keeping up on this, and maybe I'm a little irresponsible about it. No, but like, no. I, I, I heard, uh, I heard John Oliver's take on it, and I feel like he tried to sum up all of the data in an entertaining way, as he usually does. Yeah, and he's like, "Should we be scared?" And he's saying kind of what you're saying, which is like, maybe a little bit. We need to, you know, be careful and be responsible, um, but not drink bleach. I think was his thing. Yeah, and uh, drinking bleach. And and but I have some thoughts about it. Maybe you can help yeah. me clarify this. So there's lots and lots of cases, right? Yeah. I don't know how many cases total, but you said maybe like a, a thousand people have died, and th- those cases are the fatalities are all over the planet, which is concerning, right? Yeah, I think so. And and the death fatality versus just. The, the virus itself is like 3%. So like 3% of people will die if they get the virus. At least that's what we're looking at. Is that, that correct? I, I think that's what John Oliver said. And I I don't – that's a huge – that's a huge number. That's scary, that's scary as hell to me. Yeah, that's a – if it does become pandemic, then 3% of the planet is a fuckload of people. It's it's a lot. And one, that's why one out of every 30 people yeah. will die. So that's scary to me. Though I've heard some you know, pundits and you know, other public figures kind of use that 3% thing as like a, okay, everybody, fucking calm down. It's just 3%. Like, what are you... T- no, 3% what? is a huge fucking number. Yeah. They're saying I heard that Dr. Drew, of course, because, you know, I listened to fucking Adam Carolla and uh, and Carolla. Dr. Drew was on his show yeah. a lot. And Dr. Drew, I think, oh, shit, it was probably like on TMZ or something. Dr. Drew's being interviewed in the street and he was like, I, I had to really think about this because he was like, look, there's way too much of a scare going on about this it's not to a level where we need to be so alarmed anymore and and when dr drew speaks i i find myself i have a hard time scrutinizing him or disagreeing with him right which is just a problem like i need to be i need to think more critically when i hear dr drew speak instead of just like swallowing his shit whole um (laughs) wow that sounded terrible but uh you don't even chew it he's he's but he, he presented this case where, you know, the media, which now is the the news media, is this crazy monster now. It's not just people, not journalists that have, you know, jur- journalistic integrity. It's a bunch of Twitter people and then people that are actually journalists in order to get attention and actually have a story they will just report on what they see on Twitter. And and so it's very difficult to trust any source of data or any source of news. Right. And so even the even the the slightest inkling that there might be some sort of disease out there that's spreading quickly, uh, the the news media just gloms onto that and and amplifies it. Yeah. And and causes more trouble than than we're actually in. So that was kind of Drew's Dr. Drew's take on it. And I was like, uh, I think there's something to that too. Well, I yeah, I, I believe that let people ask dumbass questions like if I eat, you know, a wonton, can I get Wuhan? Let them ask those questions. The problem becomes when this kind of hysteria starts to do more harm than good. Um and it happens on both sides of the spectrum. It happens on the side of uh, this is messed up. Close down all schools. Close down all hospitals. Everyone stay in your house. You're not allowed to leave or we'll shoot you, right? Obviously, that's stupid. And the other side where it's like, oh, this is nothing. This is nothing. Don't worry about it. 
Now, that kind of complacency is also unmerited. The, the truth is, is that if we were to treat this the same way we were supposed to be treating flu when it comes around or at the time when everybody, you know, you know, there's a bug going around. If you, if people were just wash their fucking hands, keep their hands off their face and don't sneeze on each other, everything would be better even if this had never happened. And so that's the approach we need to take. It's like, if this is our wake up call to, you know, not peeing on our hands, then good. Let's, let's stop peeing on our hands. That is the moral of the story. That's yeah. the moral of the story. Don't pee on your hands. Signed, JBC. All right. That show went by pretty quick. Yeah, it did. I did a lot of talking. You know how I know? My throat is sore. Add that to my list of ailments, Joe. Well, I hope that your, uh, your elbow and your shoulder and your hand and your brain... Improve. <laughs> um, I'll tell you Keep what. Keep on strumming that ukulele. I, yeah. I feel like that's going to be a good thing for you. That's exactly what we do when this is all done. I have been uh, prepping while the show has been going on. I've been looking at videos of Remy LaCroix hula hooping. Now, she's been wearing her clothes the whole time, but I defy any human being to watch her hula hooping and not be just extremely happy with life. You, you, you can be turned on because she's a sexy woman or you can be awed by her obvious skill because she's very talented or you can just look at the way she smiles and say to yourself that's the way the world should be the smile is she of the Lemire world Pearl. champion hula hooper no she's a porn star who happens to be able to hula hoop oh <laughs> can you okay uh, you know the image that I got in my head is she hula hoops while giving a blowjob no 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 she does I have not seen her mix the two i've seen her hula hoop nude um but i, I haven't uh, seen her um, be real difficult to hula hoop and do a sex act at yeah. the same time i bet she could do it though she she's she's talented but you don't if she found the right headspace <laughs> i think it's one of those things joe we i i think we've talked about it where it's like yeah 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 you could go buy 10 gallons of ice cream and 15 buckets of chicken and in and, and by combining those two, get to a place in Nirvana. But the chances are you're going to overshoot Nirvana and go straight to Barf Town. Ice cream is great all by itself, so is fried chicken. L- Remy, Recor- L- Remy LaCroix, she's great all by herself. So's as a porn star. So is her hula hooping. Sure, maybe mixing the two would do something for you, but probably you'd overshoot that. And you'd just be like half-hard, drooling. Right, calling for your mom. You don't want that. I just think hula hooping while giving a blowjob is more like a, it's just a neat magic trick. I don't know if I, yeah, it wouldn't turn me on, I don't think. Well, maybe it would. Uh. Well, the thing is, is it's like, it's like anything else. You know, you hear these assholes speaking of health, you're like, I only need four hours of sleep and I do fine. It's like, shithead, if you're doing so great, how great would you be doing if you got the full eight hours? Same with the BJ while doing the hula hoop. It's like if I'm getting a blowjob and she's hula hooping, that's that's great. But I bet it would be a better blowjob if she wasn't hula hooping, right? Yeah. Like, Although, come on, let's. Every blowjob is great. Even the bad ones are pretty good. I mean, they're better than not. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We don't have to, enough time on this show for me to to talk about that i believe we could that, go in in depth because yeah. look let me just say i've had some blowjobs that were unpleasant well i i am quite certain that you've had at least two orders of magnitude more blowjobs than i have had so you can talk about that what i'm suggesting is is if you go even with, those blowjobs had had you know aspects to them that were wonderful you, yeah, can't, you can't get a hundred percent bad blowjob. Even the ones where at the end the woman just bites your penis off and swallows it whole. The beginning right. of that blowjob is probably going to be really if, good. If she did that, you would be so like shocked that if she started doing some really awesome hula hooping, you would just like die from confusion. You're like, I don't know, I, my dick's been bitten off, and, and she's doing things with that ring of plastic that I never thought was possible. 
hey, at some point, I know that Larco has a hula hoop that is a portal to another dimension. It's a dimension of uh, ancient demons. That's true. And, and so when you're hula hooping with this hula hoop, you can only see the, the either the upper half of your body or the lower half of your body because half your body's in another dimension. That's right. Remember, You remember that hula hoop? I do. We laughed our asses off. And here's the thing. 15 seconds left before the outro's done. Um, here's the thing. Only half of you can be healthy. The other half is in a different dimension where health has a different meaning. And it's called the... deeply through. And it's called what? It's it's it's, it's called the Cthulhu hoop. Cthulhu hoop. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joe. I'm gonna hit m- mute on myself. Um, thanks, listener. Inhale deeply through your nose into your diaphragm, and try to fit both of my balls in your mouth at once. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs>